Hey guys, it's Brant and I'm back with another The Panel Has Spoken video. And today I have my trusty partner in crime. Partners in crime! Yeah, Rick there. And today we have a special guest. We have uh, That Toy Bonnie Guy. And we're going to call him Bonnie today. But this is That Toy Bonnie Guy. Uh, he, Hi everyone. He's been a fan of the, of the channel for a while. We've done videos of Striper, reviewing Striper albums. I'm a huge Striper fan. And so we've done that. He's a huge Striper fan. And uh, so we've done that back in the day. Uh, and we need to get some more done sometimes. So, uh, you know, it's just been real busy, but we'll get some more done. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, so be sure to check him out on his channel. Uh, he's on YouTube, that Toy Bonnie guy. And he's uh, usually in the comments, too. He's a panel member. He's been one since almost the very beginning, if not since the beginning. I've so, been since the very beginning. Yeah, so it's good to have you, man. So very good. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Dynasty today, and uh, I want to go ahead and lead off talking a little bit about our experiences with Dynasty or what Dynasty what Dynasty means to us. And yes, since you're the guest, we'll let you go ahead and start first. Oh well, well, I got into Kiss last year in February after my 16th birthday, and I was looking through the albums they have from the first album, Dressed to Kill, Alive. I saw the cover for Dynasty, the cover, the cover of the album. I was like, that's a really cool cover. I, I picked up that album and listened to it. And when I first, first, first heard I was Pay for Love and Yellows, I was like kind of confused because why is a hard rock band doing a disco song? That was back in the day. Why are kids doing a disco song? But then I listened to the whole album. I was like really impressed. There was a couple of songs I didn't like on that album, but overall it was a great song. And it took me a long time to like, I was Pay for Love and Yellows. I'm one of those people that said like, well, Someday I'll like I was made for loving you. Now I absolutely love I was made for loving you. <laughs> yeah, I was made for loving you is one of those songs that may have to grow on you or you may grow out of. Um, I got the I also got the 2014 reissue. I gave the poster to my girlfriend. My girlfriend has the poster now, and I got the album on vinyl. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So Rick, what about you? Um, my sophomore year of high school. I was 15. Um, my friend Danny had gotten me into Kiss and my friend Brett. And so that Christmas, we decided to give each other compact disc, you know, Kiss CDs. And uh, Danny gave me Dynasty. This very Dynasty right here. Still have it. Um, and that mm. Christmas break, I just fell in love with this record. This record is tied with my number one. I, my two favorite records are Rock and Roll Over and Dynasty. And if you were to say I could only keep one album, I think I would choose Dynasty. This panel was super hard for me to decide. Every song's a number one for me. Same. And, uh, yeah, every song's a number one. And, and well, it, I take that it, back. I only hate one song. <laughs> it was very hard for me to rank them. And uh, But, man, I, I love this record. So good. Same. Um that's awesome. Yeah, I knew I knew this was going to be I knew this going to be a popular panel album, and I knew it was going to be very difficult for people. And that's going to show in the scoring because the scoring is very even evenly based. And I was very surprised at the result of this panel. Uh, it, it just kind of whenever I sat back and I looked at the results, I actually went back and did a recount just to make sure. Uh, but it's pretty decisive. But it's also pretty level. Um, before we get into that, my experience with Dynasty, this was a huge 
album for me. I was 10 when this album came out. This is the first Kiss album that I bought with my own money. This the is Return of Kiss. The Return of Kiss. And, and it, it was two years since Love Gun. Um, and it felt like song. it felt like forever before this album came out. And when you're young, time seems to you you have a different concept of time when you're young than you do when you're that old. That's true. Very true. And so it seemed like forever. And I remember going down to J. Joe's Records with my mom every weekend and asking the person, is the Kiss album out? Is it not, hadn't heard anything, hadn't heard anything. And there was the rumors that they were going to break up because of the solo and the solo Damn albums. Him. And it was already started with Peter and all this stuff was our, I mean, Peter was actually already working, kind of working on his solo album when he and made, then... and, and when he was making this album, he was already working on it. But I remember this is this is the album that I went down to the record store and bought with my handed my money and got the album. Went out, went home and pulled out the huge poster, just looked at it and listened to the album. And I remember being, uh, I remember not not being upset uh, at the song I was made for loving you. I didn't have a concept. My musical world back then was very much a fishbowl. I listened to mm-hmm. who I listened to, and I didn't really recognize people outside of that. So I really didn't have a concept of what disco was at the time. Mm-hmm. So it well, wasn't it wasn't a disco album to me. I didn't realize that it was a disco album until well, it's not a disco album to me. There's a yes, there's a there's a disco esque song on it, and that was intended because Paul mm-hmm. was tearing up Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> and it was the time uh, everybody, you know, Kiss was kind of following along a trend. It begun the 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 era of them following along with trends, for for better or for worse. But this album really good is really good. Ace really shines on this album, and yeah. but I just remember this album being it's a it's a huge it's a huge staple in Kiss three for me. Um, now, as far as the panel goes. Real quick, can I ask, what was it like holding that cover as a 10-year-old? Because this was the first, like, actual picture cover. I mean, Alive 2 had pictures on yeah, it. But, but it was so was the close. First... I want to ask something, but I'll leave it yeah, for later. Yeah. I want to was... ask something. Um, the tour. That's a, that's a quick question. Um, what do you think about the four solo songs played on the tour? I personally think they were okay, but I, I was upset they removed Radioactive and Tossing and Turning. They were awesome. I don't know why they removed them. Yeah, I remember the. I remember when I saw because I also saw this tour. This was the first concert I ever went to in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ten years old, and I have a video. I thought I'd actually shot and released this video. Rick, remember? Uh, I, t- I I told you about this in private messages about where I went down to that place in Charlotte during the Christmas mm-hmm. show back in November, and it's mm-hmm. right next to the arena where I saw Kiss and Rat and Motley Crue and Metallica mm-hmm. back in the day. I, I I thought I, sh- I shot and released that video, but I looked and I was scrolling down through my videos the other day and saw that I never put it out. So shortly after this video comes out, I'll be putting out probably in a week or so, I'll be putting out a video of where I saw Kiss for the very first time. That'd be awesome. Uh, I think I've saw Kiss 13, 14 awesome. times so far. Uh, I haven't seen them since the farewell tour. I've not seen them on the end of the road tour, uh, and they just played. The in- true. The true end of the road tour was the farewell tour. 
I, I remember the concert. I remember liking that the solo album songs were there. It made sense that the solo out because they didn't tour for the solo albums. Mm-hmm. A solo albums tour, and I remember this is something I've never told you, Rick. But you, we talk about the things you think of as kids. I remember being a kid thinking, okay, when are they going to announce the solo albums tour? Ah, can you imagine how much fun that would? That be? would have been oh, cool bro. if they would did a that. if they would have did a show that was all solo album songs. That would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they didn't, so it just made the wait even longer to get to Dynasty. And uh, Kiss was still hyped up. All the stuff like the Tom Schneider show and all the uh, you see all the stuff on Twenty Twenty and all this all these things. They was Kiss was really hyped up. They were well oiled machine by this time. That was also in functional dis- dysfunctional disarray, falling apart because of Peter shenanigans and Ace feeling like he was being boxed in and wanting to spread his wings. Plus, he is also... Yeah, the end of the tour, the end of the tour was bad because the, I read I read some stories that Peter stopped playing the drums on Move On because he hit himself with one of the drumsticks and then he came back and the floodlights turned on and the concert was stuck for 15 minutes and then it, yeah. it went back to normal. Yeah, speeding up, slowing down, him him and I mean, Paul... That- that was just yeah. That was all. That was that was terrible. I if I if I was that was, if I was at that concert, I would be like, oh fuck fuck this concert. I'm out of here. I'm out yeah. of here. Yeah, I think that was the I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back with Paul, and I think mm-hmm. that's why Paul holds the content towards Peter that he does was because Kiss is Paul's baby, and Paul is Kiss, and he's the one that's kept it alive. And I know we're getting off on a big tangent, but. It has a lot of this has to do with a lot of this stuff that came to a head with Dynasty. So I guess it's okay to talk about it. But well, Paul and, held a lot of content towards Peter because he said in an interview, "You can have families can have disagreements back backstage in private, but when you bring it out in front of the fans mm-hmm. and you air the dirty laundry in front of the fans, is when mm-hmm. that was that was the last straw with Paul. Paul was like, "It's it's time." Yeah, and you have you have to remember also this was the era of money and drugs and ego and fame and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it's it's a four way marriage and it tears it apart. Mm-hmm. True, but yeah, it really was a destructive time for Kiss. There was a lot of inner turmoil going on, a lot of ego, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, substance abuse. Peter only plays on one song on the album. Anton Fig uh, takes over. On the other, and I, I rumor heard, circulate rumor circulated that Richie Fontana played on "I Was Made for Loving You" instead of Anton Fair. That's not true. Yeah, actually. Richie Fontana's the drummer on Paul's solo album. Yeah, and uh, I heard somebody say they did a nice "What If." They're like, "What if uh, Kiss would have hired Anton Fig rather than Eric Carr?" And to me, I don't know why they didn't. I mean. Anton Fig is an amazing drummer. Nothing against Eric. I love Eric to death. It, it probably had to do with his looks. It probably had to do with his looks. Just like mm-hmm. I said, it had to do with Bob Kulick. Why Bob didn't get the job. It, yeah. Kiss was very vain at the time, and it had to do with looks. Uh, they wanted somebody that could play the part and look the part, and Anton yeah, Fig didn't look the part. And they were so big on Eric shaving his mustache. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so anyway, very it was a, it's a very celebrated time. It's a very awesome time. This is an awesome album, and it, this one's hard for me. Uh, there's nine tracks on the album, and every song on this album feels kind of long. Have you noticed that that they don't feel short? Every song feels kind of long. There's some that's definitely longer than others. That's why it only has a runtime of nine tracks. 
but even every song feels long. I think they're all very well constructed. Uh, I think they're all well thought out. I, there was a lot of people, as far as what the panelists was saying, what I was saying earlier, is they were all over the place. Some people loved Ace's songs. Some people hated his songs. Some people loved Gene's songs, hated Gene's songs. Gene didn't I have I was a, looking at the list. Yeah. I was looking at the list, and some people have I was made for loving you at the very bottom. I, I was I was a look. Well, no, ris no disrespect to anybody, but I feel a little bit upset because that song rules. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't look at the list, but I'm going in predicting that everyone's gonna love Ace. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people, they like I said they was like, and the one thing that they said, Gene didn't get enough songs. One song was enough for Peter. Peter didn't need a song at all. If he wasn't even playing on the album. There was comments was all over the place. Me. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if by myself from out of control ended up on Dynasty? I think so it would. Terrible. I think it. I don't know, man. I mean, some of these songs sound like they are. And one one person said it. I didn't take a note of who it was, but some of these songs they sound like solo album leftovers. I don't want to say rejects, but solo album leftovers. Uh, yep. Charisma. Charisma could have been on Gene's solo album. As Magic a matter of fact, Touch. Magic Touch could have been on Paul's solo album. It sounds, it sounds ex like exactly like it. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving too many of my, and I, my and ideas. I, and I didn't go back and look at my review that I did to see, because I break down in my reviews of albums that I did I last year. I watched it before. I watched it before getting on here. Um, I talk about who actually played on what, and I can't remember since you're so refreshed, Bonnie, maybe you do, but... On Ace's songs, Ace on here, he sounds like he's in his own little bubble, in his own little world. And it sounds like Ace's songs could have been on his solo album because it mm -hmm. sounds like he played the guitar, the bass, oh, and I'm Anton sure Fig played the drums. Well, only two songs. He only plays, he only has Anton and himself on two songs, and we have Paul on Save Your Love. Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, you can tell Paul's in, he's in the, he's in the chorus. But yeah, it's like, it's almost like they were collecting, and Peter kind of worked on his own gene. It almost sounds like these guys were making an album still. They were all making solo albums, but mm -hmm. then collectively putting the songs together to make Dynasty. Um, and I always loved the name Dynasty. I always thought that Dynasty was awesome. And you were talking about the cover, Rick. I remember whenever I bought this album, I also bought the poster, the big, huge poster of the uh of the cover and it was larger than life and i remember laying that poster on the floor of my bedroom also fun fact fun fact the reason they're wearing the black shirts is because the costumes weren't ready at the time when they shot that photo that's why they're wearing the black shirts yeah well they're actually a fun fact to go even further back than that was this is a deep this is a deep fun fact they actually had on straight jackets mm -hmm. and the album was what? a the let's see oh let's see why don't we do something for the kids have to black shirts yeah right. okay right right it. right and the the out they were in they were in straight jackets because this album was originally supposed to be called Asylum, Asylum. an album that the, a cut a title that they would use later on but this album was originally supposed to be called Asylum and they were and and they were just going to show their face because they weren't revealing their new costumes they were going to show their faces up close on the front of the album, which is a hodgepodge Photoshop. Uh, it's an early Photoshop cro cropping. And then on the inside, they were going to be in the straight jackets because the album was called was going to be called Asylum. They nixed that idea. 
they blacked out the they blacked out the uh, the asylum uh, the straitjackets, changed the name to Dynasty, and uh, and and why can't Kiss get track listings right on the back of their albums? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And do do any of you own the variant cover of the album? We like a, a little bit of the uncropping. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I do not. I've never ran across it. You can see on mine. You can see a little bit of uh, outside of Paul and Jean's hair, but it's not the variant. The 2014 reissue has it a little bit because yeah. I was looking at the cover and I was like, "Oh, it's a little bit cropped in." It's yeah, like, easiest no. way. The easiest way to tell is to look at the A track. Yeah, and that's that's the actual, the huge uncropped. But I remember, I remember laying on the floor looking at the solo album. I mean, their eyes were this big on the solo mm. album, so they were larger than life. And just studying, you could see Peter's pores in his face, and uh, you could see the greatest detail in the makeup, and it still bugs. Oh, and I, oh, it still I bugs. It still bugs. Aces. His, Aces edition of the blue. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it still bugs me that one of Peter's cat eyes is taller than the other. It kind of yeah. almost makes it look like he's giving one of those huh looks because yeah. one's taller. He's like they're not perfectly drawn. But then if you go back and you look at Kiss makeup through the years, none of it was ever really perfectly drawn. Even in you know intent photo shoots, it varied. But anyway, mm-hmm. let's get to the panel here. The so, panel. all right. So we had ninety four on this panel. I thought we were going to break a hundred. Whoa. Yeah, ninety four, including the three of us. 94 people. And so, I'm going to name them out really quick. So we have In My Head, It's All For You Demon, That Toy Bonnie Guy. And then from Facebook, Ray Kelly, Mark Hilliard, Scotty Sky, Matt Yucci, Scott Trussell, Joe Nail. Instagram, we have Gregory Pegg, Wasson Matthew, Metzel 5, Rocker L0270, Tony P1, Dylan Tucker, Bizbag1969. From Twitter, Tom Dust, Katie Christina, Darren Helliwell, Tony Rod, Aladia, Hi, Thomas. Paul, Paul Teplius, Jack Skellington, Hank DeGraff, Dave Cranston, Eric Mosiu, Brian Balick, Bill Sharp, Sam Loomis, Horror Gal Susan. And if you haven't seen Horror Gal Susan's YouTube channel, check her out if you're a fan of horror. She's also a huge Kiss fan. Deuce, Andy, David King, Kirk5150, Jeff Wyatt. Luis Fernando, Ace Van Deuce, Vincent Marone, author, Steve, Michael Backford, Justin Hall, Kristen, Sterlino, Greg Troyan, D88 Racing, Mitchell, and then YouTube, John B. Good, George Doley, Trevor Bullock, Les Wadley, Lee Gersman, Sonic Riccardi, AJ Zetro, 1975, Emily Graziano, Indy Colt 777, Jeremy Kimona, Rick R., John O., Keith Nidu, Kiss Crazy 80, Sandy Graziano, Dwight Manning, Perpetual Art, Robbie Stars, Jay Reed, Mark Stewart, Jay Reiner, Joe Pegg, Pinspan 77, Greek Freak, Aiden Pro Dalton, Jay Lee, Golamine, Shea Basin, Two Gay Dads, Michael D., Brian Stacy, Man With No Name, Sublime 130, Kiss Carolina, Hard Rock Metalhead, Dark Light, Steve Revis, Young and Wasted, Mix C Horror and Pop Culture, Vapor Man, Super Kiss 1200, Tom S, Guitar Man, John Howard, Travis Mulgard, Orville Dunworth, Paul Bortolino, Brady McCatherine, The Matthew Smith, and 3SV1333. So, there we go. 
And Matthew Smith's name isn't the Matthew Smith. I just always say that to, to give him hell. I want to give a shout-out real quick to Emily Bronziano. Watch the video that you made with Brands. It was a really good shout-out. Yeah, um, and Emily's going to be back. We... And, and, and Sandy Graziano, if you're watching this video, I'm asking you personally, as a favor to all of us KISS fans, we want to see more. Get that other tote out of your crawl space. We want to see it. <laughs> we want to see it. So, yes, it was a pleasure having Emily on. And I heard that her mom might even make a cameo in the next video with Emily. So that'd be really cool. Uh, I know her mom's really shy, and that's not really her thing. But um, it'd be nice to... Uh, Put a face with the name. Anyway, so let's get into this 94 panel-wide dynasty scoring list because they have spoken, and we do have a number one. So we're going to start with number nine. So, Bonnie, you're the guest. What do you predict the panel is going to pick for number nine? All right, let me go check. I predicted the panel was going to choose uh, number nine, X-Ray Eyes, because I feel it's, uh, it's one of those songs that it feels like why are you writing a song about something stupid? <laughs> okay. I think Gene was trying to further his superhero image. You know, not oh, only yeah. is the demon and spit blood and fire, but he also has x-ray eyes. But Paul was the one that shot stuff out of his eyes in Dynasty. So it was, or in uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom. So it was confusing for a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> so, That's any, true. so what about you, Rick? Who do you, what do you predict I, at night? I, this isn't, my personal thought, but I thought the panelists would choose I Was Made for Loving You. Okay. I thought, my prediction was that Peter was going to get slighted and that the panel was going to choose Dirty Living. Uh, that's not my prediction, but that's not my pick, but that's what I thought they were going to pick. So, with 295 points, the panelists chose at number nine, X-Ray Eyes. Mm. So two, Good job. So, two panelists... Thank you. Two panelists, Rick R. and Tom Dust, picked this song as their favorite. And Tom actually even said that he knew that X-Ray Eyes was not a fan favorite, but it's but he loves it. And this is a song for me. I picked this as my least favorite. This is probably, although I don't hate any track on, on Dynasty, I don't skip any track. Yeah, I, fine, I love every track. Uh, it's just... I don't know what it is about X-Ray Eyes. I just never could get into it. I did like that it had the piano in it. And this song sounds like it belongs on Gene's solo album. It, this song would have made Gene's solo album better, in my opinion. If it had been mm -hmm. on his solo album, I probably would have liked it more. But there's some tough songs it's stacked up against on this album. And somebody's got to be last. So, in my opinion, it's X-Ray Eyes. So, um, where did you... Uh, Bonnie, where did you pick... X-ray eyes for you. Okay, so so um, I got a fun fight. I originally placed it on number nine at first, but then one morning I was listening to Dynasty and the riff of X-ray eyes caught me. I was like, it's a pretty cool riff. So I moved it and placed it on number seven. It's my seventh favorite of the album. Okay. Rick, how about you, Rick? <clears throat> I uh, picked it at number five. I'd totally agree with you, Brant. If Magic Touch is a Paul solo song, X-ray eyes is a Gene solo song. And you add in those disco sound effects, I'm sold. And uh, I love this song. It has, it, it may not be Ace playing the solo, but the solo to this song is very Ace. Mm -hmm. So uh, that takes us to number eight. So what's prediction for number eight, Bonnie? 
Okay, at number eight, I predicted the panel was going to choose Sure Know Something. Okay. Um, it's, I've never been a fan of Sure Know Something. I don't like that song. It's so poppy and reminds me of modern day artists. I really never liked it. It's, it's really boring to me. It's one of those songs I really don't like on Dynasty. Well, I, I said I love every song on that one, but there's two songs I don't like. Sure Know Something is one of them. Anyway, are you ready? I, uh, I chose that the panel would choose Dirty Living at number nine. Um, I thought that the panel was going to choose, um, if they were going to choose an ace song low, that it was going to be this one. Save Your Love. Save Your Love is what I predicted that they would, would pick, uh, as number uh, eight. So that's what I thought. And, uh, at 402 points, so nine was 275 x-ray eyes, so... That's definitively the bottom because number eight jumps to 402. Uh, but at 402 points, the panel chose for number eight, Save Your Love. So I was right. Uh, <laughs> seven panelists, Scotty Sky, Deuce, Luis Fernando, Les Wadley, Indy Colt 777, Mark Stewart, Golamine Chabstain picked this as their favorite song. Me, I picked uh, Save Your Love as my fifth it is my, uh, out of the songs that Ace has on here, uh, out of the three songs he has on here, it's my least favorite of the three, but I still love it. What I don't like about it is the same thing I've heard Ace say he don't like about it, is he said that the, the chorus gives him a headache. Because mm-hmm. it goes into it goes into that double time. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that, save it, save it. Save your love, save yeah. it, save it. I can that, tell it's Paul. Yeah, you can I tell can it's tell Paul, it's and Paul. I, you know, I don't. This is one of those songs that I wish it would have been on his solo album because this is totally a Ace solo album song, and I would have liked to heard how it would have been done on Ace's solo album without Paul in the background. It, it's mm-hmm. one of those things I've been curious to hear, but uh, yeah. So I picked this as my fifth favorite. What about you, Bonnie? I picked it as my third favorite, believe it or not. I I love this song. It's one of my personal favorite songs on the album. Uh, I love the I love Face's guitar on this song. I love the chorus. I I'm, I'm I don't have a problem with the chorus. I think the chorus is just fine. Mm-hmm. Though I I would say Paul would would have been well edited out of that out of that chorus. I would have preferred Ace to sing it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, um, I ranked this at number eight. Um, again. I'll, all, every song's a number one for me, but I had to put it at number eight. To me, it's perfect ace. It's uh, simple, simple guitar, simple melody, simple lyrics. The chorus does get too repetitive. Mm-hmm. But two things I absolutely love, classic ace guitar solo with that da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah. yes. I was, just, I, mean, I was getting ready to say the, the, the solo. Oh, my gosh. You know, we we hadn't heard that since... The alive solo, yeah, you know, and oh man, just clicking the tog- clicking the toggle switch, uh huh, yes, then, yeah, yeah. Then that that bridge mm-hmm. where he just the girl, you know, it's over. Mm-hmm. We had some good times, times. They're gone. and oh. now they're gone. Perfect, perfect, so long, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. Like I said, it's and and five for me. This whole album, like, there's really only one song, and I've already said what it is, that is definitely my bottom. But the rest of them, they're 
they're all number ones. They're all. It's just you got to put them in an order, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I got two. I I said I took what you said, Brand. That you have only one song that you hate. I have two. Actually. <laughs> well, I don't hate them. Don't get me wrong. When I say <laughs> when I oh. just because it's the bottom, don't mean I mean there's other Kiss songs I hate. <laughs> I don't hate X-ray eyes. Okay, so that brings us up to number seven. So, Bonnie, what you got panel-wise prediction for number seven? Okay, at number seven, I predicted the panel was going to choose Magic Touch. Okay. I said that the panel was going to choose X-ray eyes. Um, I'm with you, Rick. I picked, uh, if they're going to pick a Gene song at the bottom... That's what I tried to start doing. And when I, towards the bottom, I was like, okay, if they're going to pick a member's song at the bottom, what's it going to be? I figured mm-hmm. Peter's would be at the bottom, Save Your Love for Dave's be at the bottom. And when it comes to Gene, I thought that X-Ray Eyes would be towards the bottom. So I picked X-Ray Eyes as what the panel's going to pick for number seven. So at 437 points, we're still in the 400s, but we didn't go up much. 437 points at number seven. The panel chose, and here it is, I Was Made for Loving You. At seven. At seven. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked either. Actually, Bonnie, when I saw it that low, I wasn't shocked. Because a, I was. Because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, I saw this, I didn't mention it earlier, but a lot of, in the comments, if you look, People that were KISS fans that were maybe my age or a little older than me, like uh, two or three years older than me, that when I was 10, they were 13, 14. When this album came out, they checked out. They were done. They're like, nope, no more KISS for me. They were done with it. There, Many, many panelists said, this is the album that I checked out on. And that happened a lot uh, with a lot of the hardcore fans. KISS gained a lot of fans, but they lost a lot of hardcore fans uh and this song was one of the songs that did it. And this is the song that put the big, huge blemish and bruise on this album for for a lot of fans. It didn't for me, but for a lot of fans. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why it's so low. Another reason is fatigue. Uh, they play this show, this song on the end of the road tour right now. It's not one of the songs they should be playing on the end of the road tour. They should be playing something else. But we did have 11 panelists that love this song, so let's give them their due. Uh, one, we have a member here. Uh, but as far as 11, 11 panelists, we have Tony P., Sam Loomis, Hargal Susan, David King, Ace Van Deuce, Emily Graziano, Sandy Graziano, Greek Freak, Aiden Pro Dalton, and Dark Light, and Mr. Toy Bonnie himself. Uh, I'll pick this song as their number one. Uh, I picked this as my sixth favorite song on the album. I love I Was Made For Loving You. Uh, I don't want to see them perform it live. I like this. My favorite recorded live version of I Was Made For Loving You is the Australia. Uh, oh, same. Where, same. But it's where I was Paul's. Say a, li- a live three. Yeah, Alive Three is good too. Of, he where he he sings it differently when he sings it in the upper register, uh, and he sings it in a different melody. Um, but I love this song. I like the solo on it, even though it's very short. But I always I always liked I was made for loving you. I even like the do 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 do's. You know, uh, 
they they had Baby Shark beat back in 1979. You know. <laughs> oh dear God. Um, so. Uh, oh dear God. <laughs> but anyway, so I was made for loving you. I don't have a problem with it. I picked it as six. That could have just well as been three or four or five for me. It wouldn't have been a top three. I was made for loving you is not a top three song for me. So, but I still like it. So, what about you, Bonnie? I know you, what you picked it, but tell us why. I know you like a ballad, right. and it's not a ballad. So, well, right. kind of, it, it kind of is. I'm most notably known for for loving ballads, but I was made for loving you. I have a funny story about I was made for loving you. It was, I think, it was my second week uh, of of school last year. My friends started singing the. I was like, what kiss song is that? I was made for loving you. All right, so I went home after that day of school, put on my headphones, picked I was made for loving you. I heard it, was not impressed because, like I said, why are they doing a disco song? After three or four lessons, the riff kind of got me. I love that bass. I love that bass. That took a That's amazing. Also, I'm not a fan of the single version because they cut out the in, the bass intro and it really bugs me that they cut it out. I love I love it fully when they play it fully on the song. And yeah, I love I love it. I love it so much because now my friends love it. I love it. Everybody loves this song. Well, except a f- couple of people I know, but yeah. Also, I prefer the Australia Live version because Eric Carr plays it very, very fast. And Eric Carr I, played everything fast. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, yeah. Played very, very, they played it very fast, and I was like, that's how it should sound. It should have been like that. It's, not, it's shorter, I know, but the way that they played it, it was 100% perfect. That's why I love how it's made for Love and You. If they played it on the, same, on the same way they played it on the album with the keyboards and everything, it would have been perfect for me. But that video in Australia is fun for me, and they played it fast. So, yeah, that's why I picked it number one. I picked it at number six also, Brant. Um, to me, this is roller rink glory. You know, the, the, this is the reason that the France 45 for this song says disco rock, which I love it. I love... I forgot to talk about that. Thank you for mentioning uh, that. Um, I also love the seven-minute seven uh, disco remix they did, too. Uh, I was loving you. I uh, uploaded it to my channel. If, uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I uploaded it to my channel. It was, it's oh, yeah. awesome. I really love it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, like the France 45 says disco rock. Bonnie just mentioned the disco single, the 12-inch. So much fun. Um, and I just remember, remember hearing, to me... I was I was a brand new fan pretty much like three years in, four years in when Alive 3 came out. And to hear this song on Alive 3 to me was was bizarre. Like it, it was like we shouldn't be hearing this. And uh Oh, is that the twelve inch single, the disco? Oh, that's a German version too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, mm. it's a German version with I Was Made for Loving You and Hard Times from Ger- it, from is, Germany. Is, is that the is that the disco mix? It's only four twenty nine, so it's not the disco mix. It's just the maxi single. Uh, but oh, it's from it's, it's from Germany. It's 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 one of those albums that started me down my German rabbit uh, hole collecting. That's beautiful. I do have I, I, I do have the, the twelve inch single but on the Psycho Circus because it was reissued when Psycho Circus was released. They included it with In Your Face. Mm. It basically looks the same on the front and the back. That's sweet. Yeah, and I just remember when this song appeared on Alive 3, to me it was heavy. 
and it was it was that creature or that revenge era yeah good and yeah, there's something there's something about that there's something about that because they when they play it live they try to take away the disco elements and play it like a hard rock song it had like a brooding to it like a and especially on a live three it had that revenge anger to it i mean that crunch and and uh, I love that revenge era yeah. lineup. All right, so uh, we finished our thoughts on "I Was Made for Loving You," so we're gonna move up to number six, one track out of the top five. So, Bonnie, what do you predict for number six for the panel? All right, at number six, we got "Dirty Living." I picked "Dirty Living" as number six. What the panel is gonna choose? Okay, I said I said the panel would choose "Magic Touch." All right. And uh, I predicted that the panel was going to choose uh, Hard Times. And the reason why I picked Hard Times is I know a lot of people like it, but I felt like there would be more popularity for the five songs above it. And so it just got nudged slightly out of the top five for me. So that's what I thought the panel was going to pick was Ace's Hard Times. And... With 449 vote, votes, not much above number seven, but with 449 votes at number six, the panel chose Dirty Living. So who picked Dirty Living? I did. Bonnie, yeah, so Bonnie, you got it right. We need to start keeping score of who, who gets stuff right. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dirty Living, 13 panelists, Mark Hilliard, Gregory Pegg, Michael Bagford, Christian John B. Good, George Doley, Trevor Bullock, Kiss Crazy 80, Joel Pegg, Young and Wasted, Mix C. Horror and Pop Culture, Brady McCatherine, 3SV 1333, all picked Dirty Living as their favorite, which it kind of shocked me that Dirty Living would make it this high. I thought Dirty Living was Same. Gonna, I, I thought it was going to be near I the bottom. Gonna, I, was gonna, I thought it was going to be like a five or six, somewhere around that area, but wow, it got a lot of support. Yeah. Fans really love Dirty Living. Yeah, so um, me, I picked this, and it's not a reflection on the song. This is actually one of my favorite Peter songs um, outside of his solo album. But I picked this number eight just above X-Ray Eyes because there's just so many better songs to me above it. But I love this song. A lot of people pointing out the same things that I love about it. All the references that Peter makes to I Gotta Get Away, Mainline Out of China, you know all the all the references to previous songs that he includes in the lyrics, but I remember being a kid when I you know I talked about when I listened to Paul's album when he had he had the song Goodbye and I thought oh crap that's Kiss's Kiss is breaking up because Paul's saying goodbye or he's leaving Kiss, and then you hear yeah. Dirty Living Dirty Living saying Peter's saying I gotta get away. You know, I gotta, I gotta set myself free. I can't wait any longer I, to set myself I, free. Dirty Living, Dirty Living is basically Kiss's Glass Onion. If you're a Beatles fan, then you get what Glass Onion. Dirty Living is Kiss's Glass Onion. Yeah. That's mm. always. But I think this was where Peter's headspace was at because if you go back and this is a very old song. This is from Lips Chelsea period. Uh, it's a very it's old so song. Long. Yeah, but. He wrote. He rewrote the lyrics in it because the lyrics are not this. You can find the lyric. You can find the original online. But I, I um, heard it. I heard it online, and it was different, way different than the yeah. urban, the one we got. So he rewrote it to basically where his headspace was at the time, and Peter was frustrated, just as frustrated as Ace was, and so he was ready to do his own thing. And he had actually his solo album was kind of the kickstart of his solo career 
that would you know be kind of assisted by Paul and Gene when they fire him. But yeah, so for me, Dirty Living is an eight, but I still love the song. Um, I think it's great. All right, so for me, I placed it on number six. Yeah, six, six correctly. Um, at first, I, I it was one of my least favorite songs on the album. I never liked it at first, but then I, I listened to it a couple of times and the the riff kind of gave me. And also, I also got a thought that this is Peter's last. I gotta I gotta say that this was Peter's last song with Kiss. First tenure because second tenure didn't start until sixteen years later, and yeah, it's a pretty good song for him to say goodbye to the kiss to the kiss wagon that's already going out, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I say I say get rid of I finally found my way and put this song as the last Peter song kiss song, so yeah, I placed it at number six. Is is that that horrible song from Detroit Rock City? No, that's. Uh, well, no, okay. I, I finally found my way from Cycle Circus. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a very good thought though. That would be Dirty Living would be the perfect last Peter song. It's my number two. I love this song. My all time favorite Peter song. I love the twelve inch journey. I also wonder I also mix. wonder. I also wonder what if what if they played it live? Because this song was apparently rehearsed but it was never played live. Oh, this I mean this would have been so much better live than tossing and turning. To me. And also Hooligan. Hooligan alive sounds horrible. Uh I love the vibrato guitar in this song after the choruses. You can totally picture those classic shots of Ace like with his mouth open playing. Uh also a funny so story fun. about the, the twelve inch single, the disco single. I, I actually put it one I was on a party and I put that song on. I started dancing, it was like, You are John Trump all the time, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I've always loved Dirty Living. My all-time favorite Peter song came in at number two for me. Okay. My favorite version of Dirty Living is the disco song version, the disco oh, version. Yeah. I don't. Oh. The, the original one is better. The original one is good, but I prefer the disco version better than the original. Me too. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to disco, the, song, the two songs on this album that basically throw disco in your face is I Was Made For Loving You and Dirty Living. They both have that... That steady, that steady, what they call the disco beat, the four on the floor. Yep. They have that steady disco beat to them, and you know, makes you want to do that. All right, so top five. What do you think about All number right. five, Bonnie? All right, at number five, I thought the panel was gonna choose. What is my charisma? <laughs> I thought the panel would choose sure know something at number five. I thought that the panel was going to choose uh, the first Paul song uh, that I thought was the weakest, uh, that they were going to choose Magic Touch. But at 485 points, the panelists chose at number five, Hard Times. Oh. So five panelists, Sterlino, Lee Gerstman, Keith Needu, Jay Reiner, and Brian Stacy picked this as their favorite. I picked Hard Times as my second favorite. I freaking love Hard Times. I love the drums. <laughs> I love the drums in Hard Time. Hard Times. I love Aces, the way he comes out singing hot. Well, I recall days in the city. I love. I love when Ace. I love when Ace sings like that, and I love the the offbeat dan at dan and 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 the drum. There's just so much offbeat stuff 
going on at the beginning of this song. Uh, I like it's got the little whee and it's got the the whistle blowing in it. The sound effects in it are just amazing. Yeah, I love hard times. I well, love as a as a drummer, how could you not love this song? And I mean, when he when he breaks in and when he breaks into the the chorus, that that riff that's under the I'm chorus a, is so metal. That da 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 da. I'm a bass player. Yeah, I'm a bass player, but the drums on this song sound good. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, Hard Times is a rock song. When people say, oh, it's a disco album, I'm like, really? Really? No, it's not a disco album. Really? Hard Times is, I'm like, oh, do you think this is a disco album? Let me play you two (laughs) songs off this album that will show you this in a disco album. (laughs) (laughs) And fortunately, fortunately, they're both by the same guy. So, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, Hard Times is second, is a, a second for me. Uh, this is where I start drinking the blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what about you, Bonnie? Where'd you pick okay. Hard Times at? Hard Times, I placed it at number four. I love this song. Ace, Ace in this song rips it out. I love when he says, I don't want to be there or even think back. That part, awesome. I love that part. I chose, and I'm going to kind of be opposite of you guys. I don't hate this song, but I chose it at number nine. Because to me, the riff is a little too generic. It's, you know, I just, it was a little too generic, but it's simple ace. And that's not a bad thing. It's just simple ace. And had Peter done another song on this record, as Ace and Peter are both street guys, how cool would it have been if Ace and Peter both sang this song? Yeah. I I thought this would be the perfect subject for Peter to join Ace in. And that, man, that would have been... How cool would that have been? Yeah. And Ace used Ace to, and, Peter, and Ace, Ace and Peter sing? Yeah. Ace wrote a lot of Peter's songs in the beginning. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it'd be really cool. I could actually... I was sitting here while you were talking. And see, that's what I love about these things. I've never thought about that. That's what I love about it. Because I'm sitting here going... You know what? I can replace Ace's voice with Peter's voice in this whole song. Mm-hmm. I can hear it. So yeah, I mean that'd be cool if or if they pulled a. It would have been cool to have one song where Peter and Ace did what Gene and Paul does, where they trade yep. vocals. Oh man, that, that been between so much Ace fun. and Peter, the con, the complementary of their voice would be like salt and pepper. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it, their voices are so distinct. Yes, Paul may Paul may be the, the best singer. Paul may have been the best singer in Kiss at one point in time, but they all have their distinct voices. But yeah. the thing that I love about Ace and Peter is if they have their distinct voices, Ace and Peter definitely have their distinct voices. Uh, yeah, and that and that was the good thing about Kiss is just like the Beatles. I mean, you had four different voices, and yeah. it it worked. Yeah. I was a Beatles fan until last year when I got into Kiss. I'm a Beatles fan. <laughs> All right, so that takes us to number four. And number four, it starts, start seeing some separation between four uh, and five. And there's some separation between four and number one. So let's get down to it. Predictions for number four. Okay, at number four, I predicted the panel was going to choose Save Your Love. All right. I said I said the panel was going to choose charisma. All right. 
And I thought that the panel at number four was also going to choose Charisma. Uh, I think that Gene's songs was good, but they weren't some of the best songs on the album. That Paul and Ace's songs were better, and it was going to push Gene's down a little bit. But the panel chose at number four with 506 points, so we're breaking into the 500s. And I was sad to see this. But the panel chose at number four with 506 votes, Ace's 2000 Man. Hmm. Nine panelists, Dylan Tucker, Scott Trussell, A.J. Zretro, 1975, John O., Jay Reed, Two Gay Dads, Vapor Man, Travis Mulgard, picked 2000 Man as their favorite song. And if you're counting and the math don't add up, because I am the ninth panelist. Because 2000 Man is hands down... Since I was 10 years old, the very first time I heard this album, 2000 Man is, has, and always will be my favorite song on this album. It's one of my favorite Ace songs. But I didn't know this was a cover when I was 10 years old. I didn't even know who the Stones was when I was 10 years old. Um, So 2000 Man, my favorite song. It's long, but I just love it. I love 2000 Man. I always have. I love it is classic Ace. It, if somebody told me uh play me an Ace song, man, it would be real tempting to not this be the song that I pull out yeah. because even though mm-hmm. I love even though I love Shock Me and I love Rocket Ride, I think this is the song that people would get the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got that New York groove to it. Yeah. So so 2000 Man's number 1 for me. What about for you, Bonnie? All right, so I placed it on number two. All right. I love it. I love 2000 Man. Now, funny story, I heard the Stones version before I got into the Kiss version, and man, it was not good. It was not <laughs> very, good. Very different. It was acoustic a very, very psychedelic feel to it, which I find very weird and very disturbing, which I'm, I'm going to say I'm not a fan of psychedelic songs, except the songs of Sgt. Pepper, the Beatles album. But, man, Ace did a great job remaking this song into a hard rock song it sounds spacey it sounds very good yeah i i ranked it at number seven and that's not a bad thing to me um it just had to go low on my list um this is ace proving that he can take someone's song and make it his mm-hmm. and this riff i mean you talk about ace inspiring guitarist this riff had to do it too in 1979 i remember hearing this song and me being 19, 15, 17 years old, sitting down and trying to learn this riff, such a good riff. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when Ace went into the room and told Paul that he wanted to do a Stones cover. Yeah. I would have, I would have loved to have seen the look on Paul's face and then also the look on his face after he heard this version or the demo because right. they had to blow. Um, Gene was impressed with it by the uh, Especially to put it at the, as the second track on the record. Exactly. That's big. Exactly. That's huge. Two funny stories. Well, one one thing that I think is extremely amazing and a funny story to personal story about this song to me is this solo is a classic A solo. This solo is eight bars long. Just mm-hmm. eight bars. So simple, but classic. And it just kind of showed you that Ace 
was perfectly comfortable. You can hear the confidence in Ace coming off his solo album. He, I bet he walked into that studio and like, I ain't going to be laying on the floor in the dark singing any songs nope. on this MNF and album. I'm going to be making three of the best songs on this album, <laughs> you know, and you're going to give me three songs on this album or, you know, or I'm going to go do my own thing because I have proven what I can do. And yeah, Paul and Gene had to recognize that. I would have loved to look at New York Groove. It became <laughs> yeah. a hit, and they made the and they cry like little fucking bitches. <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when Ace sat down and learned this. Yeah, because he um, he had to know he had something special. Yeah, the other thing, the other funny story is the lyric in here when he says, "My wife still respects me even though I really misuse her." I'm having an affair with a random computer. Well, when I was a kid, I was 10 years old. Now think, 10-year-old brain. Now this is in 79 where, where computers didn't yeah. exist like they do today. Yeah. I, and, and you didn't get lyric sheets in albums either. So you were, yeah. it was bad, bad lip singing uh, going along. But for the longest time when I was a kid, I don't know why, but when he says I'm having an affair with a random computer, I used to think since it's Ace, why not say what I thought he was saying? I thought he was saying, I'm having an affair with her granduncle Utah. <laughs> I am having an affair with her granduncle Utah. <laughs> you, need to, you, need to, you need to make a uh, shirt. A granduncle Utah shirt. Absolutely. Well, I thought he said when I first heard 2000, man, I thought he said with a random come future. Come future. <laughs> I, I always, when I was 15, I thought they said Randall computer. And Randall I thought it computer. was like, I thought it was like some sort of like Teletubbies burning the thing back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's just the things a 10 year old brain thinks. Um, so, uh, number three, top three. If you plan along, you know which ones are left. So top three. What's your prediction on number three, Bonnie? All right. The number three, I predicted the panel was going to choose Hard Times. I predicted 2000 Man. I predicted 2000 Man as well. I thought that uh, 2000 Man is a great song and I love it, but I didn't think it was going to make it to number one or number two. But I thought it was going to be right up there. Um with 527 points, uh, the panel chose at number three, Magic Touch. Thirteen panelists, Wasson Matthew, Rocker L0270, Darren, Hel Darren Helliwell, Tony Rod, Paul Teplis, Bill Sharp, Steve, Robbie Stars, Jay Lee, Michael D., Kiss Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, John Howard, Orville Dunworth, picked it as their number one favorite song on the album and i know this is going to sound i know this is going to sound bad for me because once again i love most of the songs on this album they're all ones twos threes for me but i gotta i had to rank them i love this song i think it's a paul stanley construction i think it's a great song but i picked it as number seven but but that's not bad it's just that's where i had to put it i think it's a great mm -hmm. song so what do you guys think I'm gonna start. Go ahead. I'm gonna say something that Ralph Vieira said when he when he was doing a track by track. 
Magic Touch is fucking terrible. I put it at number nine. I hate that song. I can't stand Magic Touch. I hate that song. I can't stand it. It's so I... boring, dull, and and the guitar solo doesn't does, doesn't do anything. It's boring. I no. I will raise. I give it a zero. I will raise a sword with you, Brant, and I will say I put it at number four. Um, to me, it's a it's classic Paul Stanley solo material. Mm-hmm. It's like like you said in the Paul panel, he constructs a song. It's it's power, it's emotion, it's rock. It's great. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's definitely two of, two of Paul's songs on 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 here sound like they could have been done on his album. Now, of course, we know that Paul had basically exhausted almost all his songs. He had dipped his well almost dry with the solo album. <laughs> Uh, you know, he wrote goodbye at, at dinner or at lunch. Uh, so he was writing songs on the fly. So for for Paul to have turned around and wrote the three songs that's on this album, that none of them are really bad, uh, in my opinion, none of them are really bad. For him to have done that in the scope and the amount of time from his solo album to the recording of Dynasty is pretty amazing to me. Uh but I don't. I think the reason why Ace probably got three songs is I think Ace was on. Well, one's a cover, but he still had to rearrange it. But two of them, I think Ace was in a creative zone. So Ace okay. was like a juggernaut right now, and he was probably spitting out songs as fast as he could because he was just in that zone. So Paul was probably relieved to go, "Hey, yeah, I'm fine with just doing three songs. You're not going to do more than me." Yeah. But I'm it's fine. Very, you know, very interesting you say that because, and another reason why I like these panels too. This just entered my head when you said that. If you notice in the Unmasked era interviews, Ace and Paul really get along. Mm-hmm. I think Paul got a lot of respect for Ace on this record. Mm-hmm. I think Ace Look, coming he even in, cared. He even cared when he was when he wanted to, when he wanted to quit in the Creatures yeah. era. He said, yeah. "Stay in the band. Don't I, leave." I think when Ace came in with this material, I think Paul was was taken back by it and, and appreciated the hard work, mm-hmm. the gr- the hard work and the growth, mm-hmm. the growth that he that Ace did from Shock Me to the songs on this album, which was only two years. Mm. He went from recording Shock Me, laying on his back in a dark so in a dark studio by himself with nobody else there recording the vocals for it. To 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 this, mm-hmm. the growth there. He grew faster than anybody else in the band. Paul and Gene, they were they were always growing and always pushing themselves, especially Paul. But the growth was steady and it was it was stable and it was reliable. But Ace's growth was like almost vertical. He he was just once he got that confidence under his belt, Ace just you know took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, um, that leaves just two. Two left. What do you think for number two there, Bonnie? Okay, number two. Okay, you got to remember that this is my, I'm a 21st century kid. So, I predicted the panel was going to choose I Was Made for Loving You, number two. Okay. I thought the panel would choose Hard Times. Okay. I thought the panel for number two was going to choose Sure Know Something. I think that Paul had the two songs that was the most, I think that the panel was going to choose the most favorite on here, and it was going to come down to two songs, and it 
you know, apparently hasn't come down to two songs because uh, we already have two of those songs. One, the two of those songs gone. Uh, but uh, so I thought that sure enough, something was going to be the number two song. And uh, what the panel picked at 553 points uh, at number two is what is my charisma. charisma. And honestly, I'm happy to see that. I didn't expect charisma up that high. I picked it at like four. Uh, I mean, I predicted it at four. Uh, I wasn't expecting to see charisma up that high, but I remember... uh, I have always loved Charisma. From the very first time I heard it, that the way it starts, that little... That drum at the beginning, and then that... Totally Gene. And the way he sings it. Is it my fortune or my fate? Is it my fortune I just, or my fate? He does those... Ha! I mean, I, it is totally Gene. It is just totally, totally Gene. It's a demon song. Howard Marks gave him the idea. Yeah. Asked get him, rid of, get yeah. rid of living in the sin and put charisma yeah. there. Yeah. Asked him, "What's your charisma? What is it about you? What is it that you've got?" And Gene does what he does best. He took a little line or a little idea and constructed a song out yeah. of it. I love the solo in this out on this song. Real simple, uh, but I mm-hmm. love it. Um, so, and fifteen panelists love it too. So let's talk about them. Before we get into us, uh, Raul Kelly, Joe Neal, Mezzle 5, Dave Cranston, Brian Balich, Andy, Kirk 5150, Vincent Marone Author, D88 Racing, Jeremy Kimona, Dwight Manning, Perpetual Art, Super Kiss 1200, Tom S. All picked this as their favorite. I picked it as my third favorite. It could, it, it, it's right there with my number one, my number one, number twos. Uh, which I've already mentioned, but I love Charisma. I've loved it since since the day I heard it. It's a great song. So what about you, Bonnie? Where'd you pick Charisma for you? I picked Charisma number five. I actually really love Charisma. It's a really great Gene song. And the best one, in my opinion, uh, X-Ray Eyes. Yeah, I already talked about X-Ray Eyes. Uh, Charisma, best song. I love playing it on bass. I... I I always imitate Gene's parts with the vocals and everything. I love the ending when it says, What is my, what is my charisma, charisma? And yeah, I also love the fact that, that their that their business manager was the one that co-wrote the song with Gene. Mm-hmm. Howard Marks. Yep. Mm-hmm. I chose this as number one. This is the song that sold me when I was 15. Um, like you said, Brant, this is perfect demon. Dracula isn't always scary. You know, sometimes Dracula is a <laughs> seductive guy in the shadows, you know, that that seduces the girl. And to me, that is this demon. Um, you know, God of Thunder is the scary Dracula. This is the seductive Dracula. And, uh, I mean, it's the perfect song for the era, too. Ego, money, fame, and it was girls. All, it was, this was also a Wicked Lester song at the very beginning. The mm-hmm. riff is from taking from a Wicked, Le- Wicked Lester song. Mm-hmm. And this this song, you have to love the fact that as I always put myself like in, in a little in a little branch shoes, you know, listening to records like what would I have thought when I was 10 years old? I would have thought this is the first time we get to hear Gene Simmons 
the demon from Phantom of the Park on a record. Mm-hmm. It's got that. It's got that Phantom of the Park voice to it, and I Definitely. I love that. Definitely, I just remember being a kid, and this was like you said. This was too bad it was written after Phantom of the Park. Because mm-hmm. it would have been perfect to be in Phantom of the Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a Phantom of the Park era type song. All right. So, if you've been playing along, you know what the number one is, but we're going to give our predictions anyway. So, Bonnie, what did you think the panel was going to choose at number one? All right. So, at number one, I was predicted the panel was going to choose the classic 2000 Man. See, and I also thought the panel was going to rate Ace super high. So I said save your love mm-hmm. from the panel. I predicted that they were going to choose I Was Made for Loving You. I, even with the fatigue and the people not liking it and stuff like that, I guess I was just thinking that there was going to be enough. This this is my thought process, guys. I'm a very analytical person. I was thinking that I knew Dynasty panel was going to be big, and it was. It's the largest one. And I also thought it might from Twitter and from YouTube, especially from Twitter, that it would bring in enough casual fans that would be like, oh, I was made for loving you. Mm. Because, you know, that's the song that they know. So I just thought that this was going to pull in the most casual fans and it was going to push it to the top. But I was wrong. At 595 points, though, it's pretty pretty definitive. At 595 points... The panel chose, at number one, Sure Knows Something. And that shocked the crap out of me that Sure Knows Something. I'm, sh- I'm shocked. Sure Knows yeah. Something. Out of out of 2000 Man, out of Charisma. And I Was Made For Loving You. Out of I Was, out made, of, for I was made For Loving You. No. The panel, we sure collectively chose Sure Knows Something. Uh, 19 panelists picked this as their favorite song. Almost a third. Uh, Matt Yucci, Bizbag1969, Katie Christina, Aladio, Jack Skellington, Hank DeGraff, Eric Mosiu, Jeff Wyatt, Justin Hall, Trevor Troyan, or Greg Troyan, Mitchell, Sonic Regardi, PidsFan77, Man With No Name, Sublime130, Steve Rivas, Guitar Man, Paul Bertolino, The Matthew Smith, picked Sure Know Something as their favorite. I hear... And and Bonnie, if you don't love this song, being a bassist, because this has one of the best bass lines on this album. If you love this song for anything, you should love this song for the bass line. But me, for me, I picked this as my fourth favorite song on the album. I love Sure Know Something. To me, it's a Paul Stanley masterpiece. It could have been on his solo album, and I would have rather it been on his solo album than Hold Me, Touch Me. Uh, Sure Know Something would have been a great replacement on that album uh i know rick don't agree with me on that <laughs> because he's the, he's the am radio king there and uh he loves that song but yeah sure knows something for me it, it's a great song what about you bonnie all right i picked it at number eight i never like i said i never liked sure knows something oh, that because surprises it's... me with that bass line though the baseline is good yeah i will admit but it reminds me of a of a band that i really hate of a song from a band I really, really hate, Imagine Dragons, Believer. I hate that song so badly, and that's why I never enjoyed the song. It's like, oh, it's a reference to Imagine Dragons. I Imagine Dragons were a thing, obviously, but never liked it. That's that's mm. my thing. Never liked this song. It's one of my two least favorite songs on the album. That's Too Magic Touch. 
those two songs are trash songs for me. I will I will throw them in the garbage and throw them down the toilet or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Put I would say I would say Say how you really Psycho feel. Cir- put Psycho <laughs> Circus or put Is That You, put Shandy, put um let's see, You're All That I Want, What Makes the World Go Round. But those two songs Ooh, I don't know about I don't know about some of those, man. <laughs> All right, what about, what about you, Rick? I, uh, I ranked uh, "Sure Know Something" at number three. I love this song. Um, it's got that classic riff from "Tonight You Belong to Me" um, as the baseline. Um, to me, it's just a perfect song from beginning to end. And and Brant, you remember this? Remember in the pre-internet world? when Extreme Close-Up came out and we got this video, mm-hmm. that was huge. Mm-hmm. That was huge. It was like, holy crap, this is the video to sure know something? I mean, so much fun. And I've always kind of viewed I Was Made for Loving You and Sure Know Something as sisters. You're set up with a blind date for I Was Made for Loving You. And Sure Know Something is her sister and she's hotter. That's how, <laughs> that's how I look at these. That is great. I love that. I love that analogy. That's what I love about these things, man. I live for Sunday mornings when I get to sit down and do these panels, man. Sunday mornings is just so great. So, yeah. Um, so, there you have it, guys. That is that is it. So, just to recap, um, the, uh, the panel chose at number nine, X-Ray Eyes. At number eight, Save Your Love. At number seven, I Was Made for Loving You. Number six, Dirty Living. Number five, Hard Times. Number four, 2000 Man. Number three, Magic Touch. Number two, Charisma. And number one, Sure Know Something. So that is Dynasty, guys. So, you know the drill. By the time you see this, the panel has spoken. Post will already be posted on my social media. Go to my, for Unmasked. Past Real week. quick. Real quick, to all the panelists, I'm, I'm, I'm turning 17 on Wednesday, so wish me a happy birthday. I'm turning 17 on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, happy for birthday. sure. For sure, happy birthday early, dude. We'll be sure to do that. So, yeah, get down in the comments of this post and tell us what you think about how the panel turned out and get into the comments on the post for Unmasked. You'll have from when this video comes out, which is going to be Monday, until midnight on Friday to get your list in. So get in. Let's let's talk about unmasked. 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 So anyway, that's all mm-hmm. I've got. Toy Bonnie guy. Be sure to check him out. He's a huge Striper fan. He's got some great videos. I've been in a few. Be sure to go over to his channel. Give him some love. Give him a subscription. Give him a thumbs up. Uh, click the notification bell so you get uh, notified whenever he puts out new videos. He puts out good stuff. My partner in crime, do it for me, Bonnie. Partners in crime. <laughs> there you go. Rick from It's All For You Demon. Thanks, Rick, as always. Thank thanks. you, man. And thank, thank you, you to the viewers and to the panelists. Keep those subscriptions coming. Keep I those comments you. coming. And we will see you in the next one. Take it easy. <laughs>